0: Today, uh, I want to read from Matthew, the 18th chapter. Now, we just preached from this verse a couple of weeks ago with bets on Cinco de Mayo. But I want to visit it again this morning. Uh, Jesus said, what do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you truly, he is happy about that one sheep. Almost as happy as that screeching child right there. Uh, Happier that, that one sheep than the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Speaking of little screeching children. Um, we are waiting for our sixth grandchild today. She's in the hospital right now in labor. I just got a buzz too. Let me tell you. doing well but slowly progressing. So apparently nothing's happened. All right, so, grace on her. Uh, This morning, I want to speak to uh, the graduates uh, in our church family. that are graduating from high school and going off into the world um, at all the different campuses and everything, uh, and talk to you a little bit about uh, what you're about to experience as you go off into the world. Now, one of the things that we have started recently uh, trying to get into the culture of this church, and I understand that very few have grasped onto this yet. It takes a while, and I told you it would take a while to change the way people think. Uh, it 's very, very difficult to change the way people think. Unfortunately, it affects the way they act and gets the results they get. <laughs> they don 't like the results, and they don 't know why. it 's because of the way you act, which is a result of the way you think. But anyway, one of the things that we 're trying to encourage. And this is not to make those of you who are graduating today feel badly. But uh, it's trying to encourage, when you first graduate from high school, don't run off to school for the first year. Take a break. Go and serve God somewhere. Find a ministry, a missions opportunity, someplace around the world, inner city, around America. They're always looking for young people that can come and be a part of an opportunity and really serve God. Show and experience what it's like to minister to other people. This is extremely powerful. I know you moms and dads are so consumed about, oh, they got to make money, 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 and careers, and money, 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 and you prioritize the very thing that Jesus warns them about, which is money. Yet Christian parents Make it the top priority. It is one of the reasons we struggle so much with our young people today. God help us. Again, it's going to take a while to get you parents to think differently, get you young people to differently, but we will be pushing this very strongly. I'm hoping within five years to actually start seeing this take hold your pause at this point in your life will be dramatic in its impact in you and it will have no effect on your long-term goals at all not taking one year if anything it'll help you to truly get into your heart your christian experience you say well pastor i don't like talking to people i'm not very spiritual but you know well find some place where we can just go help Build buildings and feed the poor. There's all kinds of opportunities. It doesn't mean you all have to get up and preach and go tackle sinners on the streets or anything. There's all kinds of things that you can do. And you parents, honestly, this would be the best thing for them instead of just sending them off without a chance for them to really learn how to do life, everything you've been teaching them, and give into other people's lives. Is it any wonder that we create such narcissistic, self-centered little monsters when everything's about them? And they're just like little Pac-Man machines, just gobble everything in life. Slow down, for the love of heaven! Jesus said, "Seek first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be falling in line for you." My wife and I did this. Right out of high school, first thing we did, we weren't married yet, but we went off and uh, joined a uh, ministry. It sealed our lives. I mean, it was powerful. I don't think we'd be the people we are today had it not been for that decision to go and experience God, really. See, at some point, folks, Christianity has to quit being their parents' experience and has to become their experience. This is an opportunity. I'll tell you what. We weren't out there getting drunk and partying and having sex with 50 different people and all the other destructive things that happen to most Christian college kids. It's because we went and served God first. Help us, O oh Lord, to get this in our heads. All right. But having said that, which was going to take a few years before people get it, Uh, Those of you who are graduating you're getting ready to run off out into the world many of you going into college Which by the way even that I know some of you are gonna get mad at me, but just get over it (laughs) This idea that everybody has to go to college in the first place is ludicrous You know you're sending them out in one of the worst possible environments from a Christian worldview uh, with no focus at all The vast majority of young people that I talk to in college have no idea why they're there in college? Yeah. What are you studying? Oh, I don't know. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. When are you graduating? Tomorrow. You know, seriously. <laughs> you know, this, this idea that they have to experience it. Well, they have to experience what? The one thing from a Christian worldview that put their souls in jeopardy? Well, you have heard me say this before. I don't think a lot of people listen. I'm talking to the parents now, not you guys. It's not your fault. It's your narcissistic little parents who are not listening and they're not focusing. 80% studies are showing across the board, even from young people that I know personally from this church, I would say those numbers are fairly true. 80% of our young people, by the time they leave this church, go out on their own, give up on their faith in about two years. Sending them off into college. Oh, we got to have them in college. And they turn their back on Jesus in two years. Can you imagine sending your kids to a doctor where 80% of the people came out dead? You wouldn't do it. Not in a million years. But yet, from a spiritual standpoint, that's what we Christian parents are doing in a routine basis. At a minimum, send them to a Christian college, especially if they don't know what the heck they're going to do. No, no, but we've made our plans. Okay. All right. Well, let me talk to you guys who have gone out there and you're going out into the world. Uh, Be on guard, you graduates today. Let me speak in your life. Be on guard. We have told you ever since you've been little rugrats in this church that God has a wonderful plan for your life. What we failed to tell you, and out of fear of traumatizing you, is Satan also has a wonderful plan for your life. And he wants to destroy you. And I promise you, The time in life where he is most likely to inflict the greatest amount of damage, and we know that just statistically, is over the next few years of your life. The Bible warns us. The Bible says Satan is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if you know anything about lions, they always tend to target the youngest of the bunch. He is out there. He wants to destroy you. He's going to do everything he can to make your life A disaster. Be on your guard. Just don't be out there thinking, "Oh, oh, I'm free now, wee!" You know, this is like some (laughs) little animal that gets away from the herd. Wee, I'm free. And then he turns into a sandwich for a lion. All right, Uh, freedom, wee, is not always the best thing for you. Be careful. All right, when you go off into this universe of college. You know, the first thing you should do is find other Christian people that you can connect with. Look around at the organizations. There's Campus Crusade for Christ, all sorts of different organizations. Plug in, get involved. This will be your safety lifeline from a spiritual point of view. You don't do this. You are asking to be part of the 80% that plan to turn their back on Jesus. When you're out there, focus on the basics of your Christian faith. Don't try to understand everything. Nobody understands everything. I don't understand. Everything. It's just you can't understand it all. But hang on to the basics. Focus on that. That is the number one reason. Those of you will remember when we started doing the Apostles' Creed, which always shocks people when they come here. Uh, that are evangelical Christians. They come, they know our church, and all of a sudden we do the Apostles' Creed. and Why do you guys do that? You know, uh, because only mainline denominational churches do it. We decided to do it because Christians have been doing it for the last two thousand years. And we want to do it particularly for our young people, to drill into them. These are the basics. These are the fundamental truths. God created the heavens and the earth. You are not a mistake. We are not an accident. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He raised again from the dead. And He is heaven and someday is going to come back. We will all stand before God someday. These are the basics. When you go out there in the world, don't be afraid to identify yourself as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. You will feel the pressure not to want to do that because, quite frankly, many people will hate you the minute you identify yourself as a Christian. Just embrace the hatred. Okay? Jesus said they will despise you. They will think you're horrible. Uh, They'll say all kinds of nasty things about you. Just, you know, we are, Jesus said, as sheep for the slaughter in the world. These are people who won't like you. And listen to me. If you're going to spend your whole life trying to be liked by everybody, you're going to be a disaster. There's people who won't like you. They're not supposed to like you. Okay? Because you will represent everything they cannot stand. When you're out there... Living out your Christian faith in a secular environment. Don't get caught up in complicated religious debates with morons. All right? So, well, pastor, that's not very nice. Really, you should have heard Jesus' version. He said, don't cast your pearl before swine. At least I didn't call them pigs. And there are a lot of oinkers out there. And their whole thing is they just want to argue with you about stupid stuff and mess with your head. You are under no obligation to throw your Christianity out there so people can beat the snot out of you with it. Now, never be afraid to admit you're a Christian, but you don't have to get into these debates with people about this, that, and the other. All right? And uh, and particularly... Don't feel obligated to defend and explain the Old Testament. That's usually the main focus of people who will attack you, professors who will attack you for your faith, all kinds of... They all go back to the Old Testament. Because the Old Testament is really kind of bizarre and weird. We, now, we read it, and we take the parts that we understand clearly. But there's parts you don't understand, and it's, it's not our job to understand it. When someone attacks you, Why in the Old Testament did they kill people? Why did they do this? Why did they stone people? Why did they say this, that, and the other? Just say, look, I'm a Christian. I follow the New Testament. I follow the teachings of Jesus. You want to understand the Old Testament? Talk to a rabbi, because it is in essence the Jewish Bible. Okay, you're not on a, and don't get involved in these stupid arguments, you know, about creation and you know how old is the earth, you know, and you know right, who cares? It has nothing to do with anything. All you got to do is say, "Look," which is the premise of our. Creed that we say, we believe God created the heavens and the earth. Exactly how that happened, we don't know. We weren't there. We know what the Bible says. Well, was it symbolic? It was, I don't know. Who cares? The bottom line is God did that. We are not an accident. We are not a mistake and we are made in the image of God. Don't feel obligated to explain all this blah 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 all right and most importantly you guys when you're out there you're graduating you're going out there we love you we'll be praying for you. your parents will be praying for you but above all guard your heart chances are if you have not already met your future spouse in high school you will most likely meet them in college Most of the people here who are married either met their spouse in high school or in college. Okay? Um, Be smart about this. Use your brain. Okay? Now, the Bible says specifically Christians are not supposed to be connected to non-Christians in an intimate way. What does that mean? You're not supposed to date non-christians oh but he's cute i don't care he's a non-christian dog well he's kind of a christian well that's still a non-christian you can't be sort of pregnant all right well he goes to church once in a while look sitting in church doesn't make you a christian any more than parking in your garage makes you a car are you hearing me And you parents talk to your kids. Well, I don't want to make them mad. Good Lord, make them mad. Challenge them. I hear from you Christian parents all the time. Your cousin's kid, all oh, they're dating. So, are they Christian? Well, yeah, he kind of believes in God. We really like him. Seriously, folks, how can you be so dumb and still breathe? And I'm talking from a Christian worldview. What are you thinking? Him. Yeah, and then she's gonna marry him, and then in 10 years gonna be in hell ah! Send them to me <laughs> Life is hard How many of you adults know life is hard all you can have is raise your hand life look around you, life is hard It really bites sometimes You want someone you can do life with? When life gets hard, you want someone who can trust God with you. Not someone who's clueless and doesn't know anything about God in his life or her life. You got to tell your husband you got breast cancer. What's he going to do? Leave you? Or just curse and get mad about it. Is that that, that's who you want to do life with? Or you could lose your job, guys, after seven, eight years, and now you don't have a job. And remember you heard of some woman? You're such a loser. I should have never married you. That's what you want. Or do you want someone who knows faith and can trust God together with you to see God show up and change your circumstances? That's what you want. When you're dating someone, make sure they are a true believer and someone who has character in them. Character will last you a lifetime. Don't get caught up on how cute they are. Sexy has a shelf life. (laughs) It does, and some of us have hit our expiration dates. You know, this is all over with. It doesn't last. Stop it. Looking for Miss Perfect. Ooh, Mr. Perfect. Good Lord. Look for someone of character. And use your brains. For heaven's sakes, girls, you're the worst at this. If he walks like a skunk and he talks like a skunk and he smells like a skunk, he's a skunk. But I can change him, Pastor. (laughs) And don't do that either. (laughs) Use your brain. Think it through. Don't be caught up in your emotions. Well, I have to follow my heart. (laughs) No, 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 you don't. Your heart will get you in trouble. The Bible says your heart can be deceitfully wicked and get you in a mess. Hollywood says you have to follow your heart. Of course, these are people who can't stay married for more than eight minutes. (laughs) Quit listening to these idiots. Use your brain. Think it through. Who are these people? What are they like? What are their values? And if you fall in love with them, then okay, then do life with them. But above all, and you've heard me rail on this for the last dozen years, and I will not relent. But quit getting physical with these people when you're dating them. Because sex will make you stupid. It'll make you dumb as a brick. You want to do the one thing that will virtually guarantee you'll make the worst decision of your life. Just get all feely and touchy with these people. It's going to mess with your head. It's one of the main reasons people can't think straightly. And then they marry someone and then they sober up and go, what have I done? You know how many emails I get from people? Pastor Mark, I've been married for only a year and I'm in hell. Six months and I'm in hell. Two months and I'm in hell. Seriously, it should take you years to get to hell. You're getting to hell so fast. It's because you got all feely, touching, all physical with them and you're not thinking. Most people. <laughs> These couples, Lord help me. I can't stand her because she does this. I can't stand her because he does that. Well, did you do that when you were dating him? <gasps> yeah. Well, what did you think? Okay? Pay attention. The very things that you will most likely despise the most after you get married, you will see clearly when you're dating unless your head is clouded over with all the and listen to me there's no excuse from it from a Christian worldview pagans you'll see guys in your schools partying having sex with 40 50 different people that's not us we don't live that way and these are the people their lives are going to be a disaster that you're going to try and help later you fall in love with someone there's no excuse for it just marry them For the love of heaven, there is no excuse for single people to be having sex. Christian single people should never have sex with someone they're not married to. Just marry them. That's all you got to do. So my parents don't want us to get married when we're going to college. Well, don't listen to your stupid parents. You goofball parents, quit talking and thinking this way. Well, I don't want my kid getting married in school because I want him to focus. You want him to focus, help him get married in school. It's dating that messes with your head. And every study showed that married kids do better in college than the single ones. Especially the boys. They're finally getting sex. They can think about something else for five minutes. <laughs> there is no re- Listen to me, folks. I implore you. I do this as a father, as a grandfather, as your pastor. I'm not trying to be mean. And I know I'm making some of you mad. But just get over it. It'll be fine. But we've got to stop doing the same thing and expect different results. The reason we are having this problem with broken lives is because of the way we think and the way we act and our priorities are wrong. And whenever you start messing with people's priorities and they're thinking, that's when they get all mad. But you can't get a different result if you don't change the way you think. It is time that we make things right. Look, the Christian faith is great at helping broken people. And we will always be here to help broken people. But for the love of heaven, we have to stop the cycle of crazy. We have to stop people from breaking in the first place. And we're only going to do that if we start prioritizing our faith in our children. The truth of the matter is, for many of you, and I'm talking to you people in my church, and it just is what it is, you love the fact that your kids is a Christian, but your priority is their career. You need to start understanding their priority. Your priority should be their spiritual life. Everything else can follow after that. We start making that priority right, we'll start doing right. We have to stop Humpty Dumpty Christianity. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Of course, in that story, all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. We, as Christians, we can. We can put you back together again. But listen to me, you guys that are graduating. Better that you don't fall off the wall in the first place and break into a million different pieces. But having said that, let me close with this. As you go out into the world, many of you are not going to listen to a thing I said today. How do I know this? It's been my experience. You don't listen. You are convinced. You're hearing the siren call of the world. Freedom. woo. -woo -woo, And you will fall and break into a million different pieces. I want you to know, you can always come home Here. You always have a place here. We will always gather together and, with God's grace, put the pieces back together in your life. Okay? The prodigal child was afraid to go home. You don't have to be afraid to come home. You say, Well, yeah, I made mistakes. I know. We still love you. Well, Pastor will say, I told you so. I I won't say that. I'll think that. (laughs) Uh, But I I won't say that. So if you break, come home. We'll glue you back together again. But please, please consider what I'm saying today. Do life right, and you don't have to break in the first place. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for all our young men and women. Who are now going out into the world, into colleges, many of them very hostile, anti Christian environments. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would put your hand of grace around them, help them to think intentionally, purposefully, help them to be wise, help them to guard their hearts, and to be careful with the decisions they make. Lord, keep them from breaking, I pray, so we can build young men and women, great families that are not already a mess. But Lord, if they do break, always let them remember that they can always come home. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen.